This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The world is winding down or winding up, however you want to take a look at it. And today we take a, uh, a look at our world, the globe at a glance. And we begin by taking a look at the position of democracy in the world. A report has just come out reflecting the deteriorating role, position of democracy across the world, with countries notably taking undemocratic and unnecessary actions to contain the coronavirus pandemic, according to an intergovernmental body that said and made these conclusions in its report this very day. They said many democratic governments are backsliding. The International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Electoral Assistance has said the 34-nation organization added that as of August 2021, 64% of countries have taken an action to curb the pandemic that it considered disproportionate, unnecessary, or illegal. Well, that was as of August 2021, and things have deteriorated very rapidly since then against the cause of democracy worldwide. Autocratic regimes have become even more brazen in their repression. Free speech has been restricted and the rule of law has been weakened, said the report. In its flagship report on the state of democracy, the International IDEA said that the number of backsliding democracies has doubled in the past decade and mentioned in particular, listen, in particular, the United States, Hungary, Poland, and Slovenia. They mentioned in particular the United States, Hungary, Poland, and Slovenia. The United States was supposed to be the model democracy or democratic form of government in the world. But they mentioned it in particular as having backslid from being a democratic-type nation. The achievement reached when democracy became the predominant form of governance now hangs in the balance like never before, said the report. I want to repeat that phrase. The achievement reached when democracy became the predominant form of governance now hangs in the balance like never before. Friends, this is a very, very powerful statement. Now hangs in the balance as never before. You see, the world has depended upon and looked to the so-called rising democracies or democratic form of government of the various nations of the world. But now it's deteriorating, led by the most prominent of those nations, the United States of America. And the report came just ahead of President Joe Biden's December 9th to 10th virtual summit for, you got it, democracy. Half the democracies in the Americas have suffered democratic erosion, with notable declines in Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, El Salvador, and the United States, again, says the report. 
The pandemic, as for Europe, has placed a strain on democracy and on other nations. How has the pandemic placed a strain on democracy or the democratic form of government? It's only placed a strain because the leaders of those governments determined what they were going to do in response. Whether it was right or wrong, they had a different agenda. Their agenda was not to preserve and protect a democratic form of government, but rather to undo it. And that is precisely the goal of the so-called Great Reset of the World Economic Forum that has been picked up by the leaders of of the so-called free world known as democratic forms of government, and they are gradually abandoning that form of government in order to prepare the way for the assimilation of these so-called democratic forms of government in the Western world, that is, the resurrected Roman Empire, into a new form of government that will be, in essence, ruled by an emperor known as the Antichrist. And that's where it's going. You see, Rome began as a republic, a democratic republic, but it didn't end that way. It transferred or fell away or abandoned or backslid from its original founding and ended up as a tyrannically ruled government ruled by an emperor who ultimately became known as a deity. I want you to think about this. This has tremendous implications for our conversation here today and our understanding of what is happening in our world. What is happening now is tantamount to what happened in ancient Rome. At the very time that Jesus, Yeshua, was born in Bethlehem, Rome ruled the world. But it wasn't a republic of Rome that ruled the world. It wasn't a democratic republic that ruled the world. It was the Roman Empire under an emperor who didn't much care about the people. He cared about power about perks, about position, about ruling the world, and would do whatever it took to do so. So all the world was there to be taxed. Mary, Joseph had to go to their place of birth in order to be registered for taxation so that the Roman Empire, under its census, could make sure they had control and dominion over every single person in the empire. Does that sound familiar? But it wasn't just that the emperor was a ruler. He was also deemed to be a deity, a veritable god to be worshipped. And that's where we're heading as we're progressively abandoning 
a democratic republic or the form of democracy around the world, particularly in the Western world, which is the resurrected Roman Empire, by the way, the one that Daniel referred to in the the, uh, book of Daniel, we are actually seeing then the entire setup toward not only what is called a new world order, but toward the rule of an emperor under the name Antichrist who will take dominion. He will go into a rebuilt temple and declare himself God, just as the ancient Roman emperors did. And that's where we're headed. So this article that came out just this very day, talking about the decline of democratic republics around the world, is the precursor to what we can be expecting, according to the scriptures. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station, or anytime at Save us.org The world is winding down or winding up, however you want to look at it. We're taking a look at the globe, our globe at a glance here today to get a picture of the trajectory of history and the direction that it's heading the trajectory, and the ultimate direction that it is heading. And we began with the report that came out today titled Democracy Backsliding Worldwide Amid Pandemic. You see, something has to trigger these events. And the so-called pandemic did trigger these events. But it triggered these events because the rulers of the world and of the world's so-called democracies, were prepared to forfeit their democracies in favor of something that they considered to be, well, more suited for today's world, i.e. a one-world government. And so even Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, made clear earlier this year, that the world leaders must seize upon the so-called pandemic in order to use it to catapult the goal of the new world order into place. That has been what is lurking behind the decisions of the leaders of the Western world, in fact, the whole world, but particularly the Western world. That is what's lurking behind the decisions in Australia and in New Zealand and in America and now in Israel. It's fascinating to see that even down there in Australia, one of the health leaders actually came out and let it slip that on television, let it slip 
that what they were really doing was implementing the rules of the New World Order. So they're aware of it. In fact, they're marching lockstep to it. Yes, I know, we don't have a pure democracy. In fact, very few of the so-called democracies in the Western world are actually pure democracies, because pure democracy is the absolute unfettered rule of the majority of the people without any kind of check or balance. We have numerous checks and balances in our country, and that's why it's called a republic. A republican form of government, a democratic republic is what it is. Now, there are those that want to convert it into a pure democracy. And the reason they want to convert it into a pure democracy is so that it will vest total sovereignty and power in a particular group. In this instance, the Democrat Party. So in the name of democracy, they want to remove the republic. They want to remove the republic because they don't like the checks and balances of the republic. They want total power. Is that what we thought was going to be the characteristic of democracy? I don't think so. Because even our founders knew that when sinful people got hold of a government and ruled it as a majority, it would be tyranny, the worst kind of tyranny. And therefore, a democratic government was the most feared form of government by our founding fathers. Interesting, isn't it? Here is what is going to happen. Listen carefully. As the democracies of the world weaken, intentionally as they are, so that they can be absorbed into a one-world global government that begins and is launched democratically, It's going to be launched democratically because there are going to be 10 leaders in the world who are basically in the position of controlling at least the Western world. The people will be trusting them to be their leaders, but the situation is going to decline so dramatically that those leaders will ultimately, democratically, shall we say, repose their power in a single individual whose name or reference title is Antichrist. He will then rule as an emperor. He will then be ultimately deified as God. And when that happens, rather than heaven, all hell will break loose on the planet. It won't be a pretty picture. But for now, we're seeing the earliest vestiges of what that will look like. The earliest vestiges of what that will look like. And that's what we want to focus on for the balance of the program today. As we take the globe at a glance, 
the world winding down, particularly the Western world, the resurrected Roman Empire, and uh, see where it's going. What are some of the characteristics that we should be observing, seeing, and what they mean for the near future? Now, before we go into those, I want to make available to you, for those of you who do not yet have the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, the precursor to that, laying the foundation for all of that, was my book, King of the Mountain. The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. There was a $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Again, you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Now, the postage and handling for each book is $5. On the other hand, if you get them together, the postage and handling will only be $7 for the two of them. So you'll save $3 getting the two books, just for whatever it's worth. But you'll have to make sure that you... uh, get the two books at the same time. What a gift these books would make. All right. This came from Fox News Today. Here's the title. Thanksgiving Myth. Universities ask whether Americans should reconsider holiday as day of mourning. I want you to think about this. The Alumni Associations of the University of Maryland, Florida Gulf Coast University, Washington State University, University of Central Arkansas, Hiram College in Ohio, and California State University, Long Beach, are participating. And what's this about? This is about debunking America's history. This is about the same thing that they've attempted to do with regard to Columbus Day and call it Indigenous Peoples Day. Now they want to get rid of Thanksgiving. Everything that is good, they want to debunk, dismiss, and destroy. Every monument across the country that helped us to remember things that were either good or or there were honorable men who carried out situations at that which at that time they did with great integrity and honor, they're trying to tear them all down. This is about diminishing the integrity of the country as we understand it. To destroy the narrative of the history of America and turn it into nothing but a bloody bloodbath. Thereby diminishing the allegiance of 
those 40 years of age and younger to the country so that they will be able to easily pledge their allegiance and submit to a new world order. That's what it's all about. What do you think of that? This should not just offense offend your feelings or your initial sensibilities. But if we really see this for what is happening, it is the effort to completely undermine any allegiance, any care, any unity of concern that would weld us together as a people so that we can be easily assimilated into a one-world government under what the book of Revelation calls a beast government, what the book of Daniel calls a beast government, under an individual who becomes the beast representing the beast government, who is known as the Antichrist. These things are all leading in the same direction. The trajectory. That's why we're framing these things together. Next. U.S. Congress blasts European nation for persecuting Christians. Members of the House of Representatives have sent a letter condemning Finland's decision to persecute Christians for their faith. The Finnish government is currently prosecuting well-known Christians for publicly supporting long-standing Christian doctrine, said the letter. Talking about the persecutions of the Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Mission Diocese of Finland, the Reverend Dr. Huana Pohola and Dr. Pavi Rezanin, a member of parliament. They're the specific examples, and here it is. These criminal prosecutions raise serious questions, says the letter, regarding the extent of Finland's commitment to protect freedom of religion for its citizens. These actions by the Finnish government will undoubtedly have a chilling effect on free speech in Finland and the West. In other words, the whole Western world, that is, the resurrected Roman Empire. The charges for which they could be sentenced to prison are six years originated from a 2004 pamphlet that Rezanen wrote that was called Male and Female, He Created Them. Homosexual relationships challenge the Christian concept of humanity. She wrote about God's design for marriage being one man and one woman. She also pointed out her views in a 2019 radio interview, and now all hell is broken loose against her. She could be sentenced for six years in prison for that. The politically correct norm across Europe, of course, is to promote homosexuality and transgenderism. And any opposition to those agenda points is considered hate speech or worse. The Finnish government charging Christians with incitement for advocating their sincerely held beliefs religious beliefs, and failing to protect Christians' fundamental right to freely exercise their religion, says the letter. These people both have been charged with ethnic agitation for expressing biblical views on marriage. Ethnic agitation. Fancy words meaning we don't like what the Bible says and we're not going to let you say it 
And if you do, we're going to charge you with hate speech and a six-year prison sentence. Now, this is in Finland, friends. This is part of Western Europe. This is part of our heritage. This is part of uh, the greater panoply of the ancient Roman Empire that we refer to as the democracies of the world, the free world. But it's not sounding very free anymore, is it? Christian persecution. That's what's rising. And it's the rising in accordance with political correctness, multiculturalism, religious pluralism, which has become the unholy trinity of judicial viewpoints to prevent Christians from believing what God says. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're uh, confronting the deepest issues, as always, of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. As we look at our globe at a glance, the world winding down, the uh, abandonment, the progressive abandonment of of democratic uh, government, which necessarily is replaced by an autocracy uh, and even worse. And so... As we talk about these things, I want to make a an overarching comment that hopefully will be of some encouraging encouragement to you. These are not pleasant things that we talk about. These are not encouraging things. And we need to know them for what they are. We need to identify them for what they are. We need to understand them. It does no good. For a Christian to put his hands over his face and say, look, look, God, you can't see me, or play pretend, put your head in the sand and pretend that these things are not happening. That's what a little kid might do. But you're not a little kid. You're an adult. You're responsible. You're a responsible parent, a responsible grandparent, a responsible pastor, a leader. We cannot put our heads in the sand and play pretend. On the other hand, There is a balancing that we need to bring to these issues. If all we do is focus on the the troubles, 
the laments of our world, of our lives, and do not counterbalance that with the trust and the love and the strength and the courage and the salvation and so on that God gives us. We are going to live destroyed. We're going to destroy ourselves. We're not going to live in victory. Take, for instance, a coin. A coin is made up of two sides, heads and tails. Let's suppose, just by analogy, that the tail side of the coin represents all the things like we're talking about here, the issues of our time, the the troubling circumstances that are growing and multiplying and so on, overwhelmingly. That's one side of the coin, but that's only one side of the coin. So what is the other side of the coin that God would have us see? In order to understand that, I want to cause you to think back to the Psalms. If you were to read through the Psalms, you would find that David laments. In fact, I'd say probably 75, 80% of the Psalms are lament, discussing how the enemies are coming after him, uh, how he's being betrayed, how all, all of these uh, horrible things that he's having to deal with as a godly king. But he never leaves the conversation or the psalm without resolving that negativity or that lament with the other side of the coin from God's viewpoint. And how does he do that? It's like saying, but God, or yet God. But God what? But God is my high tower, my shelter in the time of storm. I will not fear what man can do unto me. I will praise him with all my heart. In the great congregation, I will praise him. Do you know that those passages are small verses that are located usually toward the end of a long lament? It's okay to lament. It's okay to be in grief, but not to stay there. God expects you and me to resolve these laments. If we're honest, we have to see what's happening. Can't pretend, can't, it, it does no use. In fact, it is synthetic authenticity to pretend that it's not there. It's a pretense of life. The Bible does not pretend that negative things don't happen. That Christians are not assaulted. That Christians are not persecuted. No. Quite the contrary. Peter talks about persecution of Christians. Paul talks about persecution. So, what we do on this program, and you need to understand this, and this is one of the reasons why you need to listen to an entire program, not just a few minutes of the program, because you won't get the full picture. These things are being said to you to inform you, but for a reason. 
not just to inform you, not just to titillate your mind and your interest factor, but to help you establish or reestablish your life in a trusting relationship that will not swerve come what may. The issue is our trust in the Lord. As he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding with regard to these things. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. He'll direct your path what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, David said. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, and so on. But it begins with, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. There is no hiding from the problems of life. It's what we do in response to those attacks on our lives that determines whether or not we're truly followers of the Lord or not. And the greater test is coming. These are all smaller tests, but there is a a greater test that is coming called the mark of the beast. Now, we're not here to focus on the mark of the beast, but we need to understand a bit about that it's coming, and we need to understand and prepare ourselves so that we will be strong in the Lord and the power of his might when that comes. So we will not yield to the temptation to capitulate, as the majority of people will. Even the majority of Christians will capitulate because they have not learned to truly trust God. Many of their pastors have not prepared them. And if they tried, they left those churches and went somewhere else that told them what they wanted to hear. But there comes a point in time when push comes to shove. Spiritual push comes to shove, and we need to be prepared. We want you to leave this program every day, and over a week or two when you listen to these programs, that you will be built up in your most holy faith. That's what Jude said. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And that's what we encourage to do. That's what we're here to do, to disciple for destiny. Just this weekend, I received a letter from one of our listeners, a relatively new listener, who was new in the Lord, been listening to the program, and was thanking us for telling the truth for discipling, for de- for not playing pretend, for not uh, watering things down. He said, I have grown so much. I'm still struggling, told me a couple of things that he's struggling with. Yes, that's understandable. And I will get back to him personally to encourage him with regard to those things. I'm not going to do it right here on the air. But that's what we do. This is about preparing the way of the Lord in your life for history's final hour, and history's final hour is coming sooner than you think. Now listen to this. The Jerusalem Post had this piece today. 
Brazilian journalist says Brazil would need to kill Jews to grow their economy. That may hit you pretty hard at first. Kill the Jews to increase your economy. Sounds an awful like like Germany, doesn't it? I thought we weren't going to hear those things again. Don't the nations of the earth say never again, never again? That's all touchy-feely stuff, friends. Never again. But in reality, it's going to happen all over again. On steroids. Anti-Semitism? Worse than ancient Germany. Or modern Germany. A journalist working for one of Brazil's largest broadcasters apologized for saying on TV last Wednesday that the only way his country could match Germany's wealth is by killing its Jews. His name is Jose Carlos Bernardi. He made the comments in a discussion about a visit by former Brazilian president to Germany. Asked by journalist Armanda Klein, how Brazil could attain the economic development enjoyed by Germany, Bernardi replied, only by attacking Jews will we get there. If we kill a gazillion Jews and appropriate their economic power, then Brazil will get rich, and that's what happened with Germany after the war. Now, friends, whatever he meant by that might be a place for discussion. But what he did was sow the seed worldwide among the Western nations for just that. He sowed the seed. And that's what's going to happen. The prophet Zechariah tells us that's what's going to happen. And it ain't going to be pretty. Now, how about immigration to Russia from the United States? Why would somebody do that? Wait till you hear what the head of the Russian Orthodox Church has to say about that. It says a lot about what's happening in the Western world. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. A broad look at our world here as we're wrapping up the... uh, year 2021 
and seeing the trajectory of history as it's uh, moving rapidly beyond anything that we would have ever expected toward the fulfillment of biblical prophecy leading to the second coming of Christ. An article appeared in the Russian Times today. The embarrassing Rittenhouse trial should be a warning. And we haven't even talked about the Rittenhouse trial. Everybody else was, so there was no need for us to talk about it unless there's a reason for us to talk about it. Now there's a reason for us to talk about it in a sense in which others are not doing. The writer says no matter how liberal activists try to paint it, the jury served justice in the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial, though the state's conduct and pundits' painting of events made the entire ordeal a warning for where we are headed. All right. So what is that warning and where are we headed? What did the Rittenhouse trial tell us as a sign for the future? He goes on to say the Rittenhouse trial, irrelevant of its outcome or disregardless of its outcome, was an embarrassment for the Wisconsin and U.S. justice system as a whole. I agree. Total embarrassment. His arguments, that is, the lead prosecutor's arguments, fell apart quickly as almost nothing he said appeared to have any basis either in law or the Constitution. Right. So the head prosecutor, Binger, found himself at the center of controversy so many times in recent weeks because... He's been prosecuting a case that wasn't based on fact. So what was it based on? Celebrities and liberal activists continue to refer to Rittenhouse as a white supremacist, and yet absolutely nothing has been been evidence to prove this. So politics has now infected the U.S. justice system big time. But the Rittenhouse trial shows it has been infected on a dangerously individual basis. True. Guilt should not be determined by politics or digital mobs, and murder trials should not be waged with the intellectual level of an emotionally driven Twitter spat. That's what the Rittenhouse trial became, though. A cartoonish reflection of our society's own disgusting rush toward a tribalism that will not only destroy our culture, if we let it, but will also destroy the basic legal system that we should be able to rely upon. I agree. And yet that's exactly what Biden's Attorney General Garland is doing. He's not interested in justice and the rule of law. He's interested in using the pretense of law or under color of law to accomplish nefarious agendas to support godless viewpoints. In other words, pop culture. This is a very, very serious thing. And the United States, you see, has been known as the place 
where it's the rule of law, not the rule of men. Not so now. The writer from the Russian Times is right on the money. We're destroying ourselves from the inside out. And if you can't trust the system of justice in the United States, it's over, friends. It's over. Next. The head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Krill of Moscow, has argued that his country's independence from negative outside influence is what makes it truly free in his eyes. So, he said, I can prove that Russia today is the true leader of the free world. Now, this is the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. In other words, the Pope of the Russian Orthodox Church. He says he can prove that Russia today is the true leader of the free world. What's he talking about? Well, he elucidates. He said, we currently don't have a hot-button issue that would make societal interests collide and produce deep, irreconcilable contradictions. What's he talking about? He's talking about we don't have in Russia and in the Russian Orthodox Church, we don't have any of this nonsense going on in the rest of the Western world, in Europe and in America, like in Finland. We don't have any of that stuff going on about transgenderism and about uh, homosexuality and driving all and and driving abortion all those we don't have those things we refuse to allow them to take over our country we refuse to capitulate to them and come into their lordship that's why a few years ago vladimir putin came out straightforwardly and said that russia had become the new moral leader of the world. Now, he didn't say he was the new moral leader of the world. He said Russia had become the new new moral leader of the world. Tough, Tough talk for us in these troubled times in America to take. But there might be more truth than poetry in what they said. Because we don't see ourselves, we refuse to see ourselves the way God sees us. We are a debauched nation. From pulpit to pew, the church house to the White House, the schoolhouse, and everywhere else. A debauched nation. We have cast God aside We refuse to obey his word. We consider the word obey to be the most hated word in the church today. And therefore, it's obvious we don't trust God. Because obedience is the sole test of trust. Just saying. Then from Israel National News today, former member of the Knesset, Moshe Feglin, recounted his experience at last week's Knesset Health Committee hearing on the COVID shot for children. Feglin accused Israel health officials of lying through their teeth to push an agenda of vaccinating children. 
He said that the Public Health Service's chief, Sharon Alroy Price, uh, referring to, quote, kids who got infected from COVID as sick, even though they have no symptoms, quote, was misleading. They're not sick, he said. They're not, they're absolutely healthy. They got the disease without even feeling it and became naturally immune, the best type of immunity you can get. Yet Alroy Price had claimed that one kid in Israel has already died of COVID, and that was a lie, too, because no kid had died from COVID in Israel. Beglin was also critical of Dr. Boaz Lev, who heads the health ministry team, for failing to address evidence of serious side effects. Listen to this, friends. They got together a community of 75 doctors like him, that is like Dr. Boaz Lev, each one which either works for the health ministry or is head of a hospital or some kind of organization heavily financed by Pfizer. In other words, they picked a group of people knowing exactly how they would vote and got 73 out of 75 voting in favor. That's what you call forum shopping, friends. It's called corruption. It's called massive conflict of interest. So Moshe Faglin goes on to say, when I asked Dr. Lev about this, he said, quote, we came to the conclusion that there are no serious side effects of the COVID shot. So I asked him, have you heard of a little side effect called death? He said, no, of course not. So I told him, have you heard about the 16,000 deaths reported by VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System in the U.S.? He said, no. This is the trial of our kids. And you haven't even heard about 16,000 cases of death reported in the official American system for reporting vaccine side effects? This is insane, said Moshe Feglin, former member of the Knesset. And he's right. You see what these people do. They regurgitate the theme of the day, so to speak, coming out of the CDC or Dr. Fauci or the Ministry of Health, and they buy into it 100% without ever investigating the truth of it. Therefore, it passes as truth through the, all the doctors, all the hospitals, and they feel compelled to conform to those representations. Otherwise, they will fear for their jobs, for their lives. And that's what's happening all over the world. By way of illustration, this came today. U.S. Navy shipyard backs off vaccine requirement after employees draw a line in the sand. A major Virginia shipbuilder that makes vessels for the U.S. Navy is no longer requiring employees to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. 25,000 employees at Newport News Shipping had initially been told they had to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. But that all changed last week after Mike Peters, CEO of Huntington Ingalls Industries, told workers that the January 4th deadline it imposed has been suspended.
These kinds of uprisings are happening all over the world. In Berlin, Germany, a major, major uprising took place against the coronavirus and the lockdowns. People by the thousands and hundreds of thousands now in various places throughout the Western world are rising up. Now, that is a good thing. The flip side of the good thing is that they're now identifying themselves for purposes of governmental crackdown as to who they are that cannot be tolerated when the new world order comes into place. They become the persona non grata of the world. Not just Christians, and not just politically conservative people, but people who will not submit to tyrannical authority. Because the submission to tyrannical authority is essential for the new world order to be able to take hold. And that's why what's happening with regard to the COVID machine, so to speak, is so significant. And for what it's worth, another report, COVID vax spike protein damages the DNA's ability to repair the body. That's coming from a Stockholm University study that came out today. In other words, it may protect you from the initial virus, at least from getting severe symptoms. But from there on out, it's destroyed your ability to respond to anything else coming down the pipe. Now that's dangerous, my friend. That is internationally dangerous. Thanks for joining us here today on Viewpoint. I hope these things have been helpful. Encourage yourself in the Lord and the power of his word. Stand fast. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is coming soon. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith to save America Ministries. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.